Welcome to 49ers Access. This is Sterling Bennett. I am Sterling Bennett, I guess you could say. This is episode number 37 of the podcast, and we are a few short days away from the 49ers' first preseason game. So today, we're going to preview that first preseason game against the Kansas City Chiefs, take a look at some positive and some negatives from training camp thus far, and give you an update on that infamous, illustrious, and at this point, downright annoying quarterback competition. Joining us today, he covers the 49ers for Niners Noise and was voted the 2019 Fan-Sided NFL Writer of the Year. Let's welcome Chris Wilson to the show. And Chris, uh, let's talk about this year for the 49ers, and let's kind of go through some positive and some negatives uh, during training camp this season. And to me, and, and we'll start in the secondary here, to me, Tavon Wilson and Emmanuel Mosley have been Two of the positives for the 49ers. I know there was a lot of concern about, you know, who is going to be that cornerback two across from Verrett. Um, do they have enough pieces? Do they have enough depth to go up against guys like DK Metcalf and Cooper Cup and and uh, DeAndre Hopkins every single year and the Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals receiving cores, maybe even the Chiefs as well, who have explosiveness almost at every single area on the offense. And then, uh, you know, the absence of Jaquiski Tartan, Tavarius Moore, kind of made and uh, was forcing Tavon Wilson to step up. He's played a solid, strong safety in camp so far next to Jimmy Ward. And you know he locked up George Kittle on a couple plays and kind of showed his veteran presence so far in camp. And even Emmanuel Mosley said he put on some weight uh, to go against larger guys like DK Metcalf, like a DeAndre Hopkins. So I want to ask you, what do you make of Tavon Wilson and Emmanuel Mosley's training camp thus far? And do you have faith in them? going forward, likely having to start early in the season? Well, with Mosley, I do just because he's familiar with the system and it's not really supposed to change too much. I mean, I'm confident in him as much as I can possibly be confident in E-Man. <laughs> so <laughs> he'll have his ups and his downs, but I'm, you know, with, especially with Barrett on the other side, um, yeah, for me, he's sort of the man there. Um, when you're talking about Taylor Wilson, that it was definitely a surprise for me because I did not expect that we'd be having a separate conversation at this point in the uh, preseason or about to be preseason about him just since his, he has some playing time, but not to the level where, you know, we're talking about him replacing a guy like Tart, who's so essential to this defense as, you know, as a possible guy along with a couple other guys. And, I mean, just the fact that he's um, you know, stepped it up um, that much and he has, you know, become a guy who's uh, an actual potential force in the, in the uh, secondary, it's, uh, it's really, really, I think it's really relieved the team of a lot of concern, <laughs> but put it that way. Uh, although they, they do keep signing, you know, like one safety or cornerback after the other sort of. With the wide receivers, but hopefully we can keep these guys like, upright and uh, not injured, so we can uh, actually have some type of competition there. But yeah, anyway, I mean, Wilson definitely seems like he is the guy that is leading the pack, and I'm all about as many Wilsons as possible on this football team. One, one day I will get myself a Wilson jersey. <laughs> well, 
that kind of moves me to my first negative, and that actually is the injuries in the secondary. Wilson having to step up because Tart is out. Tavarius Moore went down in OTAs with the Achilles injury. Uh, Tony Jefferson, who many of us maybe had high hopes for, at least wanted to see what he can bring to this team, was placed on IR today with a hamstring and groin injury. Um, to me, I look at it and I say, I don't want to say there's cause for concern just yet because it is so early in training camp. We haven't even played one preseason game yet. Um, but but do you think those injuries early on are cause for concern? You know, Tart has really never been healthy for a full season already dealing with the toe injury. Shanahan didn't seem too positive about it going forward. Um, or do you expect guys like, you know, Talanoa Hufanga or Jared Maiden to step up during camp and in those preseason games and maybe solidify themselves a spot on this roster? I think every year we should be concerned about injuries a lot because it's been such a cause for concern during Shanahan's era. Specifically in the secondary, I mean, we don't have a lot of players in the secondary currently who have been established to be healthy and consistent, to say the least. So even, even you know, yeah, like Brett, who is playing at at least a Pro Bowl level last year and appears to be one of the better players uh, so far this uh, offseason, I mean, he's the guy who was absolutely horrendous, you know, just two years ago. So, you know, it's taken him a little uh, time to get back. And then when he arrived, he sure arrived. And, you know, it's um, obviously it would be it's great to have one guy who can lock down one side of the field, but he needs to continue to do that. So it sort of shifts some of the coverage towards the other side of the field. And, you know, losing a guy like Moore, um, I, I sort of expected more more from more and no one pun intended obviously because that would be a horrible one <laughs> uh, just in that i would have expected to know what we have in him by the time that we lose him <laughs> which was probably after this year and he just hasn't really gotten the playing time until the end of last season and then he didn't really play very well so i just sort of been disappointed with him but he has shown a lot of promise especially you know, with his speed as well as the fact that he can play up in the box in a big nickel type of situation. And, you know, he hit guys as well as his uh, you know, cover them. So I mean, he's definitely a disappointment because we'll be seeing him, you know, all this year. And then, you know, Tart, it's just good that the Niners gave him a shorter contract because he's not the kind of guy that you really want to have on your team and be forced to pay for multiple years just because I mean, the injury concerns continue. And I don't think they're ever going to really stop with him or really with Ward. So you, know, you always need like a third guy who can step up in there. And I was always hoping that, that more was going to be that guy, but you know, I guess he's not, he definitely wasn't. <laughs> and I guess he's not going to be, um, I, I can't imagine them keeping him too much longer since they haven't felt the need to play him in the first place. I'm interested to hear your opinion on more and whether he's—he's he's probably hasn't met your uh, expectations, but just your general general feelings about him. Yeah, I think you know when it comes to Tavarius Moore, I think a lot of the things are you know, and that's—it's not just Moore; it's Jalen Hurd and guys like that are like you know, what if, what could have been if you don't get hurt, if you have the playing time, what could you have been? You know, how maybe he—I don't want to say misused, but. There were times where he flashed, and there were times where you were like, oh, God, like, you need some work. And uh, I talked to some people beforehand, and they were saying, you know, more looks like that ball hawk safety you want to have on a defense like this that can get you the ball back. But 
You know, it just seems like there hasn't been a time where he's ever put it together despite having those flashes. I would like having him as a depth piece for sure. You know, being a guy that can back up Jimmy Ward or play situationally. Uh, and, you know, there is talks he might return early. He's on on the IR yet. They're just kind of waiting to see what he can do uh, during preseason and training camp. They can get him back early enough or maybe, you know, rehab him to make sure he's not on IR the entire year. But would I say I'm, you know, maybe let down no but I do think there is some what of a like man like there is more you can do again no pun intended there is something else I want to see from you and it just hasn't clicked yet I'm sort of on the same page as you are I'm not necessarily disappointed in him I'm just disappointed in the way the situations unfolded and I don't think it's unfair to say that it's a little bit mismanaged and you know playing a corner playing a safety playing a corner playing a safety it's you know like we, we tried that before a couple years ago with our, our number three pick and didn't work out very well. So, I mean, he's a guy who's extremely talented, you know, drafted, extremely raw, and it's just the kind of guy that you really need to just have focus on one thing. And I don't think he ever really had the opportunity to focus on one thing. And, you know, here we are you know, three years, almost four years later, and Maybe he is good. I don't know. <laughs> you know it's, it's sort of weird to have a player like that that you're drafting, you know, day two, and I don't really know what you have with the guy you know, three or four years later. So, and anyway, as, as far as the, uh, the the rookie who I love, and you pronounce his name a lot better than me. I won't even try. But <laughs> uh, I mean, I love the way he looks out there, but I'm troubled by his numbers. Not as a combine, but pro, pro day numbers. He, he just doesn't have the. He looks a lot better than he tests, which has worked out for us in the past with guys like Jerry Rice for sure. But I'm just sort of concerned that when he gets up against real serious talent, that he might not be able to hang with them. But I'd like to see him on the field, especially during the preseason. Uh, I definitely like to see if he can run with some of these, you know, perhaps a slack one or a. Uh, an outside receiver who um, who gets into his territory and and seem you know sort of unload and, and hit on people in the box as well. So I mean he's a guy that I'm really excited about and he's actually one of my favorite picks of the draft. But I'm just a little concerned that he might not have the the physical tools that were some some of these other guys have. It's like if you combine him with maybe a guy who is a little more athletic and you have like a superstar. So it's nothing that's really his fault. And, you know, hopefully he'll be proven wrong and he'll end up being um, more of an anomaly. But, yeah, at this stage, it's, you know, I don't have the highest hopes for him in the short term or the long term. Well, one thing that could help maybe a Talanoa Hufanga or the secondary as a whole is the defensive line. Uh, that brings us to our second positive. The defensive line so far, I mean, there really much that there really isn't much that can't be said. D Ford is back doing drills that go back a year that that just didn't seem like a possibility, and he does seem healthy. Uh, while he won't play in Week One versus the Chiefs in preseason, it, it is nice to see him back out there. Nick Bosa is coming along pretty well. Uh, he will be uh, he will begin team drills after uh, the preseason Week Two matchup against the Chargers, so that'll be fun to see. Uh, but the depth is where I want to focus here. Guys like Kevin Givens, Maurice Hurst, Zach Kerr, Arden Key, Jordan Willis, they've all really been providing that solid depth you look for to have a top five, maybe a top two, maybe the number one 
overall defensive line in the NFL. And some of these guys probably could start on, you know, a handful of NFL teams. Uh, but to me, it is about, you know, it almost is like an everyday occurrence we hear that the, the defensive line is dominating that second string, second team offensive line. Um, could this, do you believe this defensive line could be better than the one we saw in 2019, which ranked number one overall in the NFL according to PFF? Or do you think maybe that the top end talent may not be there at the beginning of the year and the debt pieces may be relied on too much as Bosa and Ford were still recover from their injuries? I don't think that they can be the force they were two years ago just because they lack an all, an all pro in the middle, <laughs> unfortunately. And even though guys like Warner have progressed and you know, we look pretty good in the, you know, our big fat guys look pretty good in the middle. Uh, just losing a guy like, like Buckner is just, you know, something that he's a guy where other teams need to game plan against him, you know, him specifically. And then you throw in Ford and Bosa, and it's like, like what can you do other than just tackle them like they did in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I mean, because you really, it's, it's sort of a, and even even Armstead when he's, um, when then the, the wide nine or the, or the ghost wide nine and he's on the inside, I mean, he's a great uh, pass rusher from the inside who gets a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. So it's that that set of, of four rushers back in 2019, just so elite. But then again, I don't think we necessarily need to be quite that good. If we can you know, stop the run consistently, like it's we're sort of, for some reason, built to do. <laughs> uh, and then our corners can cover for long enough for Buster to get to the quarterback, then I think we'll be fine. But then, again, it's like you lose a guy like Kwan, and, you know, you're back into that same situation where what are we doing, like starting – Dante Johnson again, you know, it, it's, um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, especially in the, I think, latter half of the first half of the season. So, you know, after a couple of games that will hopefully be um, manageable when, when we have that stretch when we're playing a bunch of bad, or a bunch of bad teams for us to play in a row, whether those guys can really hang with the uh, some of the bigger players in the NFL. One of the things I think I'm most worried about isn't on defense at all. To me, it is uh, the second-team offensive line. I kind of mentioned it earlier, talking about how good the defensive line has been in camp. But in, And I'm sure part of the problem is the Niners do have a strong defensive line that goes from you know the first string all the way down to the third string. Like When guys like Maurice Hurst and Kevin Givens and, and Zach Kerr and Arden Key are in your third string, you're in a pretty good place as a defense. But it just seems like every single day we're hearing that, well, the second string offensive line was awful again. And to me, and I'm, I'm not going to try to put the full blame on Aaron Banks, who they picked in the second round, because that would just be unfair. He's young, still learning the offense, and the same goes for Jalen Moore, who's a fifth-round pick. Um, but the fact that Aaron Banks, at least right now, isn't going to be that starting right guard, that does make Daniel Brunskill force him to have to kind of be that right guard instead of being that you know, number two depth piece that you can play at center and right guard and move around the offensive line and kind of, I don't want to say kind of keep the second string together, but he is a valuable piece of the offensive line that should be used as a depth piece, maybe best used in that second string rather than being forced to start. And again, not having Justin Skule out for the season with the ACL injury. Uh, and again, Jalen Moore and Aaron Banks haven't really 
you know, cemented themselves as starting depth pieces yet. They've kind of just been learning the system so far. So my question to you is, do you think the Niners need to add maybe a solid swing tackle, maybe go and maybe solidify that second string offensive line? Or do you think it comes down to letting more, letting Banks progress as they get into the system more? I mean, I think there are enough problems with the first team offensive line. Um, I'm rarely concerned with the second team offensive line. <laughs> but yeah, but the fact that Banks isn't starting now, if you look at some of the players that the team you know, decided to to pass on to move back and take him, you would rather have those players than you than Aaron Banks when you could have probably gotten him around later. And he's not a real great fit for this office in the first place. Now, I was very happy to see that he toned down to like a reasonable weight because I mean this guy was a monster I mean, even in high school. He's just like just far too massive. Like no 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 kid should be that large. <laughs> there must be something in the water down there. So yeah, I mean I'm definitely disappointed that he's not you know, turned into more of a force there <laughs> and, on the, uh, and definitely a guy who can help out McGlinchey who in my opinion also if you've read a lot, any of my stuff I think always needs a lot of help <laughs> so yeah I mean having um you know Brunswick starting as opposed to being you know that I means a really guy you can play anywhere um along the line and I, I'm not so obviously I did not was not happy when school uh, injured himself but at the same time He's not very good, or he hasn't proven himself to be very good so far at the NFL level, other than a handful of odd games in 2019. But otherwise, he's been pretty bad. So, yeah, it's it would be a lot better if they drafted a guy in the second round who's an auto start, which is usually what you get when you draft a guard. I mean, they, they drafted the second guard in the draft, and there are lots of guys behind him that were starting. So, yeah, you know, they saw something in him at the time. I was like, okay, I, I can deal with this pick if we were in the third round. But in the second round, I do not know what we're doing right now. But that's sort of been par for the course for you know, the front office in the Shanahan era. Always moving up a little bit too much to grab guys that we could have probably moved back to get. Now with with him, I don't think we could have moved back, but moved a couple of spots up and I mean some some people you know somebody else out there had him as a you know more of a third day guy which I think is absurd but you know I'd probably put him somewhere I I'd put him at you know somewhere in the three four area and you know we're grabbing him at two and we have so many other needs you know we could have our cornerback problem fixed or and um as well as you know, we could have an extra elite pass rusher but Instead, we have a backup card. So, um, you know, Shanahan has a long history of not caring as much about his guards as he does the rest of his line. And he's sort of taken a little bit of a turn from that, you know, signing Tomlinson. And then, but he's always sort of left the right guard and you know, even center up to, to this, this last year due to some injuries. It's always been a, a work in progress and it you know, hurts badly in the Super Bowl just two years ago. So you'd think that he would try to upgrade the position and he tried, but, and maybe it will be an eventual upgrade. I, I mean, I think it will be eventually, 
in some way or another. But you know, a guy who didn't really play this style of offense, uh, you know, a, lo- a larger guy who apparently has you know good feet and all, but you know, he also needs the speed to be able to to move or move around and, and work some of those outside zone runs. And you know, he's more of a inside zone, if anything, kind of a guard. So yeah, I, I am I am disappointed and. In a best case scenario, he would be the you know the, the easy winner and the obvious starter at right guard, and you know we'd have a maybe even an extra roster spot that we could spend on you know, a wide variety of different places. We could probably use it. Well, let's move to our last negative of camp thus far, and I think we talked about Tarverius more and how he kind of is in fits in that what if, what can be, what could have been camp and. We talked about how maybe maybe the Niners did reach for Aaron Banks, and while I won't say the Niners, you know, you know, maybe have reached for Jalen Hurd, I think maybe there has been that case of like we drafted this guy in the third round. He's never really been a part of the offense. He's missed the last two seasons, one with the back fracture last year with the ACL injury. Um, and Kyle Shanahan made a very clear statement, while not to him, it was more to everybody who has injuries. But when the reporter asked about Jalen Hurd, the response he gave was you know, to how many times he's missing practice, it doesn't help him. It's not helping his case. He still needs to prove himself to us. And I think anybody realistically could say that's very true. That Jalen Hurd has not proven anything to anybody yet, and he still has to prove himself to Shanahan and the rest of the coaching staff. Um, but today he did have four catches, a couple from Trey Lance. Uh, he might be turning that corner and starting to prove himself, but he's not playing on Saturday against the Chiefs. Uh, what do you make of Jalen Hurd's training camp so far, and what does he need to do to prove himself to this Niners coaching staff? I think he needs to play like football in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> That's been his main problem, I think. Uh, you know, obviously, there's some talent there, but we're never going to know how much talent's there if you're, and you know, so I'm not saying it's his fault, but we've seen you for what, one preseason game and that's it? And he looks pretty good in that preseason game. But other than that, you know, you're in a situation where you, your back's hurting so badly you can't even take a flight to the Super Bowl. It's just, it's, you know, of course, the, when you have a back injury, you know, it's it's uh, it can it can affect you in ways that you know you can you never imagine it would. And you know, in no way am I blaming him, but at the same time, I mean, Shani is right about that. That just because we drafted you, perhaps a little bit too early, but it doesn't really matter at this point. A few years ago, it doesn't mean that this job's yours if you show up. You know, he also needs to play well. So he really just needs to give himself the opportunity to do that because he fits in well. He would make for a good big a big a uh, big slot um, receiver. And I mean, he he was definitely drafted for a reason, and I I liked the selection at the time. But then I, mean, I think everyone was really excited about it, and, and the first game I believe against the Cowboys, and he's looking good. And I'm like, all right. This guy can really step into a, uh, you know, into somewhat of a role this season, and then we've never seen him again. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's just an unfortunate situation. I'm sure that he is far more frustrated about it than we are, and I just really hope that he can at least have the opportunity to show what he has. And if he shows enough flashes, then you know, he'll stick on this team. And I think Shane tried to walk that back a little bit today during his press conference, but the fire was lit <laughs> for sure um for uh, for her during today's uh practice from 
from all accounts. So anything that will make our guys go out there and compete harder, uh, I'm all for it. But yeah, I mean, is he really going to lose his shout out to another undrafted free agent? I feel like he won't if he's on the field, and I feel like he will if he's just on the sidelines the entire preseason. I guess Hurd is someone we'll have to, you know, kind of take our patience with and kind of see what, you know, see how it all plays out because, again, he has so much talent, and it's heartbreaking almost, I'm sure, for him, but just knowing the talent he has for him not to be on the field very often, but someone that has kind of really surprised everybody this camp, whether maybe you're a fan or you're at the practices or you're a coach, it seems like even the quarterbacks are talking about him, and that's Trent Sherfield. He was brought in to be or brought in formerly as a special teamer only in Arizona, but I don't think there's been anybody who's had as good of a camp as Trent Sherfield so far, uh, and, and he's built a he's built great chemistry with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance, and even Trey Lance, when he was asked, what does Trent Sherfield do well? His response was, and I'm paraphrasing here, everything. Now, again, I'm not the quarterback of that team. I don't see even what they're doing and everything, but pair him with Mohamed Sanu, and does this Niners receiver room look a little more stable than it did you know, before the season started, or do you still think there's another piece they have to grab knowing that four guys probably isn't going to be enough? I've been very surprised about the positive comments regarding Sanu because usually you don't, I mean, he's past his prime. His prime wasn't that great. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, he was an NFL wide receiver, so it is what it is. He's a fantastic athlete and, and a great catcher of the football and, and a uh, good, generally good overall wide receiver, but you know, he wasn't anybody that, you know, that you're considering any you know, for the Pro Bowl or anything like that. On a regular basis so the fact that he you know wasn't able to to play and now has just suddenly come back and he's you know looking so you know looking better than he did you know five six years ago it's a little bit surprising to me that i, I haven't seen it myself but yeah i mean with sheffield is, i mean talk about coming out of left field if you thought sanu wasn't <laughs> good enough to, uh, to contribute very much i mean yeah it's it's I you know, I haven't seen enough of him to, to to tell if you know he really has it or if he's just running up against you know guys who may or may not make the team or guys who don't know how to cover wide receivers all that well. But I mean, it's definitely very it's definitely it's definitely a positive because the Niners were sort of getting into a, a space there where you know it was getting scary because you, know, you have Debo who tends to get injured because he runs so violently. And then, I mean, some of this crazy talk of starting Ayuk as a punt returner. Um, please don't get me to that. I mean, actually, please get me to that. But <laughs> but I, I'm strongly against that. I, you lose those two guys, and what are you back to? Like, Richie James is the number one, and River Craycraft out there. But Richie James might not be on this team. Like, like every year, he's on the bubble. So it's definitely a big positive that they have you know those two guys step up and then and then you know, John Jennings is uh you know everything we've heard from him from camp has been uh, positive as well so and I'm really excited to see these guys actually on the field you know and play, playing as opposed to you know maybe seeing some clips here and there and and listening to the beat writers various um, opinions uh, of these 
of the uh, of the core. But yeah, I mean, he's certainly a guy that you know, looks like a potential steal at this point. The amount of money they're paying him, it's like you know under a million bucks, and you have a potential number three on your hands. But the 49ers need a guy who's a number three who can step in to play some games as a number two because it's going to happen this year. And if it's not Snoo and it's not, you know, I, mean, I don't know if Jennings is the kind of guy you really want to be on the outside in the first place. You know, it's 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 nice to have another option. So um, especially especially if we get rid of James, which I would rather the 49ers not do. Um, yeah. So otherwise, we don't really have a lot of guys from, who can play on the outside. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm definitely excited about the fact that we have some guys who are surprising and that they're exceeding expectations significantly so and you know those are a a few guys who definitely fit that bill a couple of other players that have had strong camps or maybe have surprised significantly uh, have been Justin Hilliard, the the undrafted free agent out of Ohio State, had a, has had a good training camp so far. Again, Talanoa Hufanga, Contavious Street, he's playing very well in a crowded defensive line room. And even Jawan Jennings, like you mentioned, may not want him outside, but he does look like a physical presence. Maybe if Jalen Hurd doesn't make this team where he can't stay healthy, Jennings can fill the role or somewhat of the role uh, he was supposed to fill. Uh, but let's move to, I think, probably the biggest conversation we've been having all offseason, that being the quarterback situation. And let's talk about some of the preseason for a little bit, too. But I also want to say Nick Bosa, D. Ford, and again, Jalen Hurd are not going to play in this Saturday's game. Obviously, all precautionary reasons as they work their way back from injury. Again, Bosa will partake in team drills following that second week uh, of preseason Chargers. After the Charger game, he will take part in team drills. But... We know who will play on Saturday, and that is Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. And I am someone who says, yes, this is Trey Lance's team when he's ready. But at this very moment, and likely on Saturday, he will not be ready yet to take over Jimmy Garoppolo's job. And come week one of the NFL regular season, Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starting quarterback. That is the most likely thing to happen. Again, could change, but that is the most likely thing to happen. And... We've seen them in training camp. We've seen the highlights. We've seen the stats. Both guys are having strong training camps thus far. But, and I don't know how you feel, but I do want to ask, because I do think there currently is a gap. Now, I don't think that gap is a big one. I don't think it is a gap that Lance can't close. But I was looking at the infamous David Lombardi spreadsheet everyone wants to complain about, and the stats as totality... They are very comparable between Garoppolo and Lance. Both have a 63% completion percentage, and you can even give Lance the edge there a little bit due to Garoppolo throwing four interceptions to Lance having, I think, two currently thus far. But to me, Garoppolo, and the stats show this, Garoppolo has been more efficient in those moving the ball drills. So two minutes, four minutes left, go win the game for us kind of drills. He has a 66 completion percentage compared to Lance's 46. And I think, you know, 20 points difference and 46% is not going to cut it in the NFL in 2021. Uh, Lance has had some three and outs. He's fumbled the ball four times in camp so far. far. That's something Garoppolo hasn't done. And again, while Garoppolo has his shortcomings, he has his issues. There's a reason why they drafted Trey Lance. Uh, In my eyes, uh, 
there are things Lance still needs to work on, and Garoppolo has separated himself maybe a little bit or enough thus far to hold off Trey Lance, despite Lance hitting those home run plays, hitting you know that deep ball to, to Sherfield, Nayuk, and Debo. And, and pretty much in short, what I'm trying to say here is Garoppolo hasn't done anything to lose his job yet, and Trey Lance hasn't done anything to win the job yet. And I also believe that that lines up with what uh, the 49ers believe, and I also think that's what Kyle Shanahan was kind of getting at by saying Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play with the starters, going to play a series against the, the Chiefs, and the entire starting uh, first team is going to be pulled, including Garoppolo, then Lance will play the remainder of the first half, most likely, with the second-string offense. And, again, you've mentioned it, You know, let, let's not read too much into what beat writers say or what you know someone on Twitter says, but... From what you can kind of understand, maybe, it does seem like the indication here is that Garoppolo playing with the ones and Lance playing with the twos is the Niners saying, look, this is where the competition is right now. may not be where it is come week one of the NFL season, but right now it is Jimmy Garoppolo quarterback one, Trey Lance quarterback two. Um, But, Chris, do you think there is a big gap there, or do you think that Trey Lance is doing enough to kind of maybe bridge that gap somewhat? I think there's a... A ways to go. The only way that Lance possibly starts is because he plays well enough for the fan base to demand it, you know, quote unquote, demanded it to the point where they're happy with Shanahan discarding Garoppolo for some type of compensation. And that's going to be tricky because he can veto trade. So, yeah, I mean, they put themselves in a very sticky situation. <laughs> I don't know why they would do it, uh, but. You know, Shanahan, like, you know, he was in D.C. for a while, and he has a reputation, and I've seen that that reputation is at least somewhat accurate in his time in San Francisco, and he thinks he knows what he's doing, and he thinks he knows he, he thinks he knows him more than anyone else in the room, no matter what room he's in. So to answer your question, there's too much distance for, if it were a fair fight, for Lance to beat Grapple out over the next now three weeks too. I mean, there wouldn't be enough time in four weeks, but three weeks is you know, it's not going to happen. But I don't think that this is going to be a fair fight. I think once Lance shows that he can play at anywhere near a comparable level to the way that Jimmy plays, and of course Jimmy could always get hurt. Well, I think I think one thing with Trey Lance is that they have been working on the mechanics, and we're definitely going to see what he's made out of this Saturday. At least you know he might play a half, maybe a little over the half. Shanahan said might play into the third quarter. But he will get to face a starting caliber defense. Kansas City had said they are going to start their entire first team defense the entirety of the first quarter. So once Garoppolo's out, it is Shanahan and Lance going to be working together against a starting caliber defense. Um, But I actually do have one more question, and that is, at least regarding Trey Lance, um, let's say Lance goes out there on Saturday, and, and let's say he hasn't played in front of fans in over almost two years, I guess you could say. He hasn't played against a real NFL defense you know, he hasn't played against that real NFL pass rush yet. Uh, let's say he comes out in Kansas City and he struggles. You know, many of us that maybe are more realistic would say, well, you know, he's a rookie, he needs time, he needs time to grow. But there has been a large portion of the fan base saying Trey Lance should start week one. Let's say Lance comes out and does struggle. Uh, what does that do? And is there a chance Niner fans could get a taste of reality in regards to the quarterback conversation and the quarterback competition does kind of quietly go to the wayside here as we try to let Lance progress through the preseason. 
I can't see any way that the unless one of them is traded or injured or that this isn't going to be a topic of conversation daily up until the regular season and probably most days during the regular season until the, the, the switch is made. But it's going to be a wake-up call for him, I think, as to how much quicker he's going to need to go through his reads and how much more he's going to need to study. And he seems to be a smart guy and seems to be extremely hardworking and um, seems to be, you know, class acts similar to Garoppolo where there's, there's no animosity between the two of them. And even though you know, Shanahan says there is no competition, they both realize there is a competition. And, um, you know, I just hope that they can end with Lance becoming, you know, a true number one quarterback and Garoppolo doing his best Alex Smith impression, you know, sort of helping him out through the process. I'm rooting for both these guys. And I know what the outcome is going to be. I just hope that we can get to that outcome without without hurting Lance so much that he's not able to perform in the level that he could otherwise if he was uh, treated in an appropriate fashion, whether that be cinema year like Mahomes or have him come in when the Niners lose a couple games, you know, in the middle of the season near their, their bye week. Let's look at Saturday more intricately, and I only have two more questions for you. Uh, what should we be expecting from Trey Lance on Saturday when he does play, looks to be two quarters in the NFL for the first time in his entire career? There's going to be good and there's going to be bad. And I, I would expect him to not play to the level that everyone hopes that he will play, but I think you're going to see a lot more scrimming than he's going to be doing in the future. <laughs> if he goes out there and he makes some really nice passes and he avoids a sack and you know and 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 you know, completes a pass for first down and on on third down, then I, I think as long as you're seeing a little bit of that, then that's what you want to see at this point in his career, which hasn't really even started yet. So. Are you? Did you go into the season being a Jimmy's got to go kind of guy, or so? In the last season, you understand Garoppolo's hurt, didn't play to the best of his ability, simply because he couldn't. And I, I thought it was noticeably different. The offense was noticeably different when he played, and it was like this team is still a playoff team with him healthy enough. And I do think that if he, even if he had one ankle still and was hobbling around, and he didn't get hurt in Seattle. They probably would have been a playoff team, and. I think there was games he could have won if he was healthy again. and uh, But I didn't go into the offseason saying, trade Jimmy. I didn't go into the offseason saying, release Jimmy, go trade for Stafford. I was in kind of the let's ride this roller coaster and see what they do. And uh, over the course of the couple months, I, I went into kind of the film. And again, I'm no quarterback guru by any means. Um, but I watched the film. Everyone was saying it's going to be Justin Fields, going to be Stafford, going to be Watson. And I slowly fell in love with Trey Lance and I said I think this is going to be the guy and like not not to say that he's gonna you know he he's going to be Mahomes day one you know but there is somewhat of that potential there I do think he might have kind of that Josh Allen road where it's going to be rough initially and there's going to be mistakes and there is going to be somewhat of the concern of like did we get the right guy um but I do think that's the beauty of having Jimmy there. He can give Lance time, and I do think overall the best decision would be to let Lance sit for six weeks, maybe an entire season, let him grow while Jimmy kind of steers the ship, hopefully to a championship or at least a deep playoff run, let Lance get that experience as well and you know gain chemistry and learn the playbook. And as soon as 2022 hits, you can 
trade Jimmy elsewhere or you know, do what you want with him, get that money back and maybe sign or re-sign certain players you have to. And then by 2022, it's Lance's turn and it's all systems go. But, but I am very much pro, let's take the slow route, let's be patient with Lance and let's see what Jimmy does before we just proclaim Lance the starting quarterback of the 49ers. Yeah, uh, it just made me sort of sad hearing the story of how, you know, Jimmy was, I mean, they were kind of to tell Jimmy what they were going to do you know, a little bit beforehand. And just his response was like, well, well, do I get a chance to like prove myself? You know, I mean, and, and that's just, yeah. that like, to me that, that just, that is just perfect because that's the way that I feel that it's sort of is with him and, and Shanahan. And I don't know if it's because he wasn't a Shanahan guy and, you know, Shanahan has his guys and it doesn't matter what they do. It's like, you're a Shanahan guy, you know? So you're going to be following him through this next 18 teams, you know? <laughs> so if he likes you, then he likes you. And when he doesn't like you, he doesn't like you and everything. You know, he's it's just, um, yeah. Similar to when he was in DC, he's like, he can be a bit polarizing and in some ways, yeah. And he even, even is like with me, like in some ways, I think he's fantastic. And I was so excited when we were able to, to grab him. But then when I see some of it's just, his decisions i'm just like just please explain that how that makes any sense and i don't think you can because there, there, there just was no thinking that went into that because that just does not make any sense and i don't you know he's not really one to publicly say that he makes mistakes but i just hope that he has the, it within himself to realize when he really really screws up because <laughs> he does fairly often just I mean and what coach doesn't screw up <laughs> what coach doesn't make a mistake where on earth was Andy Reid during the Super Bowl this last year I mean I, I understand the family issues and but he wasn't coaching that team that's for sure you know so I mean it there's more good in Shanahan than there is bad that's for sure and I still think that he has the opportunity to be elite but and hey, maybe, maybe trace the guy that he needs to make that happen I'm sort of under the impression that we have a Super Bowl caliber team right now. I mean, yeah, I think what, I, <laughs> I think I'd be under the same impression that this team is ready to win, which is why I do think Garoppolo should play in the instant future and the immediate future, and that leads me to think that that's what's going to happen. That I think they realize that Lance may not be a project, but he he is somewhat rough around the edges or in certain areas, which is why I brought up the move the ball stats earlier. That there are things he has to improve upon that Shanahan needs. And, you know, two-minute drill, game on the line, you're not putting Lance out there. You're putting Garoppolo out there because right now he is the better quarterback. Um, but I actually have one final question for you, Chris. And every single year there is those surprise players, those players that come out of nowhere and you wonder how did they make the team, where did they come from, where did they get this guy from. So I want to ask you, do you have any dark horse candidates heading into week one of the preseason that might have a good chance to win a job for the 49ers? I guess if there's one guy who just come out of nowhere that you would just never, you wouldn't expect it, would be, um, I'll, I'll let you pronounce his name because I just will mess it up. Is it a Talanoa Hufunga? Yeah, 29. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? And um, I think maybe every time in the future for um, for, for uh, my pod, I'll uh, Maybe ask you to, to come on board and just say his name for me. There you go. There you go. I'll yeah. have to charge you, though, $5 each time. Oh, oh, oh it's, it's no problem. I, I pay a lot more than that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll get it down, but I just have to repeat it for like a month straight. And then 
<laughs> and, then, and then that'll be good. And it, you know, it's just like I'm sure you are. Like you, you spell juice check like without even thinking about it. Yeah, Where it's like I, you look at that and you're like, what on earth is that word? Didn't like you know, I mean, Garoppolo is like, oh, I mean, and this is the, this is my last crazy tangent that'll go on. My iPhone actually auto corrected, you know, capital L little into kill, nice. and that's when I knew I had a problem. <laughs> yeah, I think my phone has now understood when I type j u s hey you're spelling use check and it now auto corrects to use check every single time so it makes my life 10 times easier um because i was definitely googling how do you spell use check every single time and just copying and pasting his name in tweets or articles i was writing um but chris it was great to have you on and i want to tell everybody out there be sure to go follow chris on twitter at c g a wilson he's a great follower knows what he's talking about when it comes to the niners and be sure to check out his work on NinersNoise.com. Again, Chris, thank you for coming on and thank you for joining us today. We look forward to hearing from you in the future. Yeah, thanks a lot. I, I might try to talk to you into coming on to ours, actually. All right, sounds great. <laughs> thanks a lot for the uh, opportunity. Had a good time. It was great stuff from Chris. Great to hear what he had to say about the 49ers, Trey Lance, the upcoming season, and to follow it all, to keep up on alerts, who's being cut, who's being signed, how Trey Lance is doing, how is Jimmy Garoppolo doing, is Nick Bosa practicing, you are going to want to follow us on social media. At Instagram is at 49ers.access. Twitter, 49ers underscore access. You are not going to want to miss a thing. We are constantly updating everything for you to make sure you have the latest news surrounding the 49ers and faithful in just two days. The 49ers are back to take on the Kansas City Chiefs at 5.30 Pacific Standard Time. The 49ers are back. The fans are back. This season has a vibe, and I can already tell it's going to be a good one. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, leave a review. My name is Sterling Bennett, and until next time, stay faithful. Thank you.